This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Let me just uh, get to my slides. I've got a couple of pictures. I don't know if you got them, Jalome. Um, just a picture of, of the team. Yeah, there it is. I tried to email them this morning, but it didn't work. It was just too big. So, yeah, we, we really had an awesome time over there. And as you can see, kids sleeping, when they're sleeping, that's really, really amazing. So, on our way there, um, after the first day when the children got to meet each other a little bit better, they started to swap cars out. So, you never had your own kids or maybe one of your children in the car, but... That was so amazing because they just bonded and normally the rivalry is between siblings. So there was no sibling rivalry. It was just one pleasant trip all the way from here to Mars. And yeah, not one Mars bit us. So um, yeah, all of us are safe and God is good. We really were stretched um, or saw God's provision in every area, every place, everything that we did. We saw God's provision and now, what also stood out for me, as Ben shared, is that it's not only about going to Mozambique. It's not only about going to that country. You see, it starts in this country. It starts here. It starts right now. It starts here within our hearts. And you see, every single day, there is so much opportunities to share the gospel, just to bring a message of hope, just to bring... Um, his love into our communities, into our workplaces. And this is not exactly what I was going to share this morning, but Ben really inspired me now um, with, his, with his testimonies. Um, even this week, our, our group still continues, and um, Ben said that he's got this one, he's got people from Turkey that is here, that's Muslim people. And he just wanted some advice on how is he going to share the gospel with him. And that was just so profound. He's in a big corporate company. And Ben just shared one evening. So we prayed that he can have like a one-on-one time with, with the guys. And then one evening he had the opportunity just to share the grace and the love of God. Isn't that amazing? That we've got these opportunities. But sometimes we get so busy with our lives that we just like want to finish the day. But I think the Lord is calling us to actually stop and to just pause for a little while so that we can hear what the Spirit is saying, what He's saying to us in, in that moment. So I've titled the, the message, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, There is Liberty. And that was the scripture that we, that we really felt that the Lord is sending us um, into, into Mozambique is to really trust that wherever his spirit comes that there will be, that there will be liberty. Um, I just want to tell you one funny story. So the children, they performed a play. I, I can't remember if I shared it here the previous time when I shared a little bit about Mozambique. So they did a play on God's creation and how Jesus came to save the world. And whilst they were um, being explained... One of, so we gave each one a, one a role, and my eldest, um, 
He was supposed to be Adam. And then later that day, before they started with the practice, he came to us and he said, um, I don't want to be Adam. And we thought, yo, does he have like some spiritual reason or what is, why doesn't he want to be Adam? And then he said, uh, no, I don't want to be naked before all the people. <laughs> so he said, don't worry. <laughs> We won't give you any fig leaves or anything. You can wear your clothes. <laughs> but yeah, so I would also like to welcome the online viewers um, and everybody that is, that is streaming in. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Eugene. I'm part of the ministry team here at Stellenbosch. But I think most of you have met me and also our new visitors. Welcome here. We've got some visitors from the States also this morning. You guys are especially welcome this morning. I heard that they went to climb some mountains, so I hope you're enjoying the Cape and the beautiful scenery that we, that we have here. So, if I can jump into this morning's message, and whenever you ask for, for words to, um, before the sermon, then it's always so amazing just to see how God actually comes and how He comes to confirm a word. And you know, this morning, the first thing that, that I was thinking about whilst preparing was, I was thinking about compassion and how do you sort of explain compassion to people. And that was really um, what I thought the message was in the beginning of the week. And maybe some of you have preached before and prepared for a sermon but it is as you go deeper that the Lord actually reveals more. And sometimes he even comes to like prepare you and then the morning before you preach, then he comes and he, he sort of changes the angle or he, he brings something, something about. But I was trying to, and I had all these scriptures about compassion. The same what Ben was talking about now, that, that we really see people as Jesus sees them. I really believe that that is actually the key of, of compassion. Compassion is not something that we can fabricate or that we can like, have an emotional type of thing that we, that we try and create from within. But in any case, let's, let's go to the first thing that I, that I really felt um, that the Lord was speaking to me. The human's greatest desire is to be loved and accepted. That is, I believe that is our greatest desire, is to be loved and to be accepted. You see, many times we go through this world. I remember when I was still a young, young boy, um, my parents took me to church and we really lived um, a beautiful life. Uh, many times that, that life was on the outside. Um, we were in the first row of church and um, we were doing a lot of, a lot of good things and all of that, but, but somehow there, there was in me, there was like a void. And not that I didn't have good parents, I, I really have an amaz amazing parents. Um, they, they're still married today and they love each other and they are in love. And if you are blessed with parents like that, that is really, really great. It's an awesome you know, testimony if you have parents that, that really love each other. But in any case, there was still this void within me. And on the one side, I tried to uh, fulfill all these religious activities um, 
to sort of get into a place where I'd be accepted by, by the community. And I never could fill that void. So then I went to friends. And as soon as I was like 13, 14 years old, I started to rebel. And there was, there, there was this absolute drive just to be accepted. And whatever I did, I always made sure that there were other people that would see or that would see. Um, sometimes I would just like make jokes in, in the classroom just to be accepted or you do silly things um, just to be accepted by, by your peers or by, by a group of, of people. I even tried to surf and yeah, that <laughs> I actually still do that from time to time. But when I started out, it was all for the wrong reasons. I only wanted that party life and to be accepted in that in that group of, of friends. And I really see that a lot, that, that young people really have this desire to be accepted. And even us as grown-ups, we still have that desire many times to be accepted. And if you look at, at our Facebook or fake book, <laughs> um, now I'm like touching Muleka Arias. But many times if you, look, if you look at Facebook, then you will only see the beautiful things and the nice things that is, that is portrayed. We only put out there the stuff that, that other people would think, yo, this oak or that family, they are really blessed. And many times we, we do that for, for the wrong for the wrong reasons. You see many, I mean, it's not only Facebook anymore. You can see if I talk about Facebook, I'm of the becoming the older generation because there's Twitter and, I don't know, um, Instagram. Now, I don't have an Instagram account. Um, but if you look at that, then you can see that there's a real dysfunction in, in homes. There's a brokenness in homes and many times, parents don't fulfill that role of um, giving a supportive, loving environment for their children. And that's really the great cause of a broken society, is where there's no love at home. And where that void that people have is not filled by the only one, actually, that can fill it. You see, we can look at a lot of things. When we become old, I remember when I started working... Um, my first job, it was actually a miracle how I got that, got that job. Um, I will tell you at another time how I got the job. But um, yeah, just in short, I went to visit somebody that had a, and I didn't know, at a big factory. And I was still unsaved. And I went to go and visit this. It's a friend of mine. Uh, it was a dad. And then at the end of the evening, he said, please come and work. At, at my factory and I didn't know what a factory was or anything like that I didn't know what a factory looked like on the inside but in any case so I ended up and before I started working I had this expectation because I knew what some of my friends got or earned as, as their first salaries so I had this expectation of, of a salary and lo and behold my salary was exactly the same as every every first employer that was working in the factory and I had a degree so I thought yo at least I will be paid um, with a, that I've got a degree and you see many times 
we even find our identity in what our pay is or what our income is. And we find a certain, like, if I only would earn that much, then I will be fine, then, then I will be satisfied. But we all know by now that, that that will never, ever satisfy us. Never, ever. It's only God that can satisfy us. You see, human's greatest fear is to be rejected and not to be accepted. And that's also why we see so many people that commit suicide. They experience that rejection and then they decide, I'm not accepted anymore. And then they take that, that next step. And you see, we as Christians, we've got the solutions. We as believers, we know the one that has got the answer. We know Jesus. Yesterday um, afternoon, or it was Friday afternoon, I was in, I've got a couple of leaks at home. We've got leaks in, in the office also, water leaks and leaks at home. So I was going outside and then I saw, um, I spoke to the people that's renting a little flatlet that we, that we are renting out at the back of our house. And then I saw my neighbor, or no, there was dogs that was actually running outside. And then I took these dogs um, because I knew that they, were, that, they were, that, that they belonged to the neighbor. So I went there and I knew this, this one neighbor is quite old and he's, got, he's terminally, terminally ill with cancer. And because I've met him previously, but I also know that he's a staunch atheist. And so I ring the bell and there he comes to open the door and he first cusses the dogs because the dogs went out and all of that. And, and then um, his wife is sort of in the background and she started to, she starts to speak to me and she said, you had a recent renovation. Don't you maybe know of somebody that can help us with our shower trap that is, or there's a leak in our shower. So I said, no, let me come and have a look. And as I walked in, um, the gentleman sort of wanted to stop me and um, in love, I told him, please don't be stubborn. I'm just going to have a look and I, will, I want to see what, how I can help you. And um, then he allowed me in and had these amazing conversations and then I told him, no, I'll come back the following day to come and help him and put some silicone because they took the silicone out and all sorts of things. And yesterday morning I spent like an hour um, in their shower sitting there and having conversation with this atheist Umi and he's throwing like all these things and, and I'm just like, yeah, none of the things that you, that you throw can throw me. Because I know who God is. And you see, at that point, I can't go and tell him about creation and this evolution. And I can't go and speak topical. I will probably be lost in, in some sense because I'm not to clue up on all the different terminologies and all of that. But what I can do is I can love him. Just love him. And just be there. And when I, when I left and we finished the job... Um, he said, the first time that I met you, um, I really liked you. And I can see you are a likable person. And um, I would like to spend some more time with you. So now over the next time, I'm praying to God that, that he will not die and that there will be an opportunity for him to really 
meet Jesus, to really meet God. Now that came out quite funny, but um, literally in the morning, this morning I prayed, please Lord, um, I would love another opportunity to, to speak to Uncle Don. He's, he's late in his 80s. Um, but in any case, that was just a, just a side note. So we've got neighbors that is living next to us, next to each one of us, that we many times don't know. And I want, want to encourage you, go and meet them and just show them love. You don't have to go with a message. Just show them love. The message of love is so powerful. You see, Christ came so that the weight of sin can be wiped out. Maybe you are sitting here today and, and you've got addiction. God is saying that it's only through his love, only through knowing his real love. See, our desire for love can only be fulfilled by God's love. Our real identity can only be revealed through knowing our Father's love. Let's take a look at the life of Jesus. If we re read Mark 1 from 8 to 11. I indeed baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. It came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. In whom I am well pleased. You are my beloved Son. You see, it doesn't matter what your background is or what it is that has happened in your life. It's only through knowing the Father's love. You see, many times, even as I said earlier, that, that the problem is broken families and an absent father many times that is causing problems in families. But, but I also see in, in believers that sometimes we still carry that brokenness around from the devastation that has happened in our lives. But this morning the good news is that we can find our acceptance, our love, our everything in the Father. When we come to Him. You see, we can find it in a lot of other solutions and things like that. But there will only be one. It will only be in the Father's love. When, I don't know how many of you know the story of, of how, I, how I joined the ministry team yeah, in Stellenbosch, but I was working at that factory that I was telling you about for 13 years, and it was there were so many amazing stories that happened. There was such a lot of tough times. There was such a lot of good times. Um, but one day, or over a period of time, the Lord was telling me that He is wanting to release me into a new season. And I was not 100% certain what that would be, but I just held on to that word. And every time I would drive over the over the entrance or past the entrance, he would whisper those words into my heart. But it never came. It just felt like every time he's saying the same words and it, it's just not, that day is not coming. And then 
One Friday, I remember so clearly, I said, Lord, if you send three people over my path this weekend just to confirm that you are sending me into a new season, then I will know that I should take the next step. And I was waiting for these people to miraculously come over my path. And that evening I was preparing for a session that I was teaching at, at another church, and our Cape Town church, um, Shofar. And as I was spending time with the Lord, His presence came over me, and He told me, My son, I don't have to send three people over your path I release you. You see, that was such a defining moment where I really knew that the Father loves me. You see, many times we go through life and I was baptized with the Holy Spirit. I did all the courses and all those things. I did all of it. And I even facilitated that. And I actually intellectually understood what the problem was. But deep in my spirit, I didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't understand the Father's love. But that was such a defining moment, and I was so inspired. So the Monday when I got to work, I told my boss of 13 or 10 out of 13 years, listen, sir, or listen, Richard, wasn't sir, because we were like friends. We started two companies, and we grew them up from, from nothing to, you know, to employing 80 people. And I told him, listen, I'm leaving today. I'm resigning today. Because I'm going into ministry and business. And he got up behind his desk and he started to hug me. And he's from another religion and he's the boss of MBA. Um, I first thought he's going to ask me, where's your five-year plan? Where's this and all of that? Um, and I've got a family, I've got a house, all the things that you need to pay. And he got up and he hugged me. And he said, wow, that's amazing. You're following your conviction. That's the best way that he could um, actually describe. And over that weekend, his wife actually um, asked him, Richard, when is Eugene going to go into ministry? And then he said, no, maybe in a couple of years' time. But that Monday, when I came to, to work, there was absolutely no fear. Because, you know, when we are immersed in the Father's love and knowing that He is our Father, then we've got a secure identity. You see, if you look at the life of Jesus, the second time when God confirmed him was in Mark 9, 7. And the cloud came and overshadowed them. And the voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son, hear him. See, the ministry of Jesus was anchored in being his father's beloved. And that happened at the Mount of Transfiguration where he had three other disciples with him. You see, God also loves us. The same way that he loves Jesus, the same way he loves each one of you that is sitting here. Amen? Let me remind us, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You see, he wants for us to experience that love. He wants for us to have everlasting life. If we read Ephesians 1, 3 to 6. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Christ Jesus to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. By which he made us accepted in the beloved. There's every, every month we have a get-together with the older people in the church, and I also qualify for the older people. Um, I just don't take my ID with. But, um, so we've got this get-together lunch, and then we sort of talk about different stuff. Some of us share testimonies, and, yeah, we, and that's normally the highlight of my month is to just sit with, with the people that really has wisdom. I mean, you can just sit there and your, your jaw just drops because of all the life experience and all the amazing stories that, that you hear. And the one time, one of the ladies was sharing a testimony and then this testimony struck me so, so deeply that this morning I, I actually remembered about it and then I went to ask the lady if, if I, can, if I can share a bit of that testimony, but I can't remember all the detail. Um, I can just remember some of it. But she, wa- she was brought up in a missionary's home. So her parents were, were missionaries, and so she knew the ways of the Lord, and, or she knew a lot about God. And for some reason, she didn't think that God loved her. And her second name is actually the same as my wife's second name, is Vilhelmina. And she thought that because her name is Vilhelmina, she was predestined to go to hell. <laughs> and throughout her life, as, as a youngster, she was battling with her. She was the naughtiest kid of all. And she just thought that hell is the way for her. She's predestined to go to hell. And so she struggled through that until one day God just came and showed her that he really loves her. And I can't remember exactly how that happened, if it was somebody that prayed for you or if it was somebody that, um, or if it was just God that revealed it to you. But when that happened, for the first time, she knew that she is God's beloved. Each one of you that is sitting here, you are God's beloved. Maybe you haven't experienced that, but this morning, I'm trusting that the Lord will really, really show you that He really loves you. If we read Romans 8 from 13 to 15, we're first going to skip that. Or Verse 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. 
You see, each one of us that is sitting here, we are adopted. We are adopted children. We are adopted by God. Doesn't matter if you are physically adopted or not. Spiritually, when we come to Christ and we accept Him into our lives and we come to Him, our Father in heaven adopts us. And we get a new hope. We get a new identity from the inside. Um, whilst we were, were traveling in, in Mozambique, we, Delita, my wife, had a couple of times where she could, where she could testify. And she's a, f- a physical adopted child. Or she was adopted when she was a couple of weeks old. And while she was growing up, it was actually a great struggle for her to be an adopted child. And although her parents were really loving and they also knew Jesus and they were part of the Gideons and the church and all these beautiful things, but what happened for her was when she went on a mission trip, when she was 16 years old, they went on an outreach. And there for the first time, she experienced the love of God. And you know, when she came back from that mission trip, for the first time, she told the parents that she loved them. You see, when we know the Father's love, something deep inside of us unlocks. When we know that love, we can start to love Him, and also we can start to love others. We can love those, those neighbors and those people that, that are around us. Romans 8, 37 and 39 says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Now I've got 10 minutes left and it feels like I've got 80% of the message still that I need to share. But we had a pastor summit last week and, and one of the pastors shared the following diagram with us at pastor summit. It's called the cycle of grace. Um, a guy by the name of Trevor Hudson, he revamped it. It, it actually came way back from from the 18th century or early 19th century when, when the missionaries were sent from England to India. And a lot of the missionaries, was they actually came back after a while because they were burned out. And this guy went to do a study on why that burnout rate was so high. Why so many of them out there on the mission field actually burned out. And then he came up with, with a cycle of grace, which really makes sense. But we're first going to look at the reverse of the cycle of, the cycle of grace. You see, and this also counts for us when, when we work. Um, whatever we do, you know, each one of us that is sitting here, we've got a mission field. You don't need to go to Mozambique to find the broken hearted. They're not only in Mozambique, the desperate. 
They are here in Stellenbosch. They are living next to us. There's people all around. So that is, that is where I want to start, um, is it starts with us. So what happens is many times we live our life in the reverse cycle of grace, which I actually call the cycle of works. We try to achieve something successfully. We try to be fruitful. That's why I couldn't start with compassion this morning. I, could, I can't tell you, church, go out and be compassionate. That's not going to work. I can preach until I'm blue. That can't happen. There's something that needs to happen. So many times we go out and we try and achieve something. We try and be fruitful. And then we think that trying to do that will make us significant. And once we have done some significant things, that will sustain us. And if, if we are being sustained then and we're doing all these great things, then we'll be accepted by God. And many times we live our lives in the reverse, in that cycle of grace. You see, we should never start at the end. We should, we should start in the beginning. We should start exactly where Jesus started. Being the beloved of God. Having a firm identity. You see, when our identity is firm in the love of God, then the falling will start to happen. The sustenance. If we look at the sustenance of Christ, he knew God's word. He spent a lot of time in the temple. But it was because of the love of God that was drawing him closer to intimacy, to prayer, worship, fasting, fellowship, parties. Huh? Isn't that cool? This is not, this is not a, a list that's complete. I just felt these, these things to put them on the list. There's, there's a whole lot more. But Jesus always went, went around and... He went to all the parties. Some of them were moeilike partijkes. I think today I would have difficulty to go to some of the parties that, that Jesus attended. But he went where the people were. And you know why he could go there? It's because he was secure in who he was. He was secure in the love of God. Faith, obedience. These are all the all the sustenance, the course, the food that Jesus was being sustained on as he was going out. You see, when our identity is secure and we get enough sustenance, we get enough time in God's word, then that sustains us. It's time with our Father that sustains us. It's those intimate times. It's those times of fasting. Yo, I'm afraid of fasting, eh? Like three days before, I, I know I'm going to start with a fast, then everything like packs up and you think like, this is going to be like the end of the world and you like treasure everything that you eat. Like, yo, this is going to be like the last time I eat this. But you see, Jesus was secure in the Father's love. And he fasted for 40 days and we all know what happened in the desert with Satan that came to tempt him. 
And he just reverted back to his identity. And knowing the word. So we can go on to a lot of examples. From that identity and sustenance, it causes significance and fruitfulness. It causes compassion. It causes us to look after orphans and widows and inviting strangers into, into our house. Healing, deliverance, mission, witnessing, fruit of the Spirit. See, you can't even preach on the fruit of the Spirit. It's something that comes from that identity of love and knowing the Father. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. I don't know how you teach somebody long-suffering. That is the one that, that everybody doesn't like in that list. That long-suffering one, eh? Am I talking the truth? Who likes long-suffering? <laughs> don't put up your hands. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. See, if I go back to the beginning, there's an important part that, that I sort of on purpose left, left out, or I didn't put such a lot of emphasis on that. But if we, if we go back to that first scripture that I shared in, in Mark 1 verse 8, verse 10, or from 8. I indeed baptize you with water, that's John speaking, but he, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And then, verse 10, and immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. You see, it's the Holy Spirit that draws us closer. It's the Holy Spirit that points us to the love of the Father. 2 Corinthians 3, 5 to 6. And this is so important because we can never go into a place where we, th where we think that we are self-sufficient. You see, earlier this week, I didn't jog for about a week um, because we had just such a busy schedule and stuff. So last week, Wednesday... I decided, okay, I'm going to jog now. And so I got up early and I, I went for this run. And it's normally tough to get up for that run. We've got some runners here um, this morning. Just to get up to take that first step and, and to, to get out is, is normally really, really tough. Whatever the exercise is that you are doing. And in any case, so... That morning I actually got the courage together and I went for a jog after about two weeks of not jogging or ten days not jogging. And do you know what? It was the best jog that I ever had. I've, after I finished that jog, I felt like a new person. Like 100% new. I came to the office the morning, I had like a song in my heart. I was just so excited about the kingdom of God and just how... Jesus revitalizes us. But you see, many times in our lives, we forget to refuel. We forget what are those basics. And it's to spend time with Holy Spirit. To go out and to actually exercise. When we were in, in Mozambique, I was sitting there and I was thinking, yo, we've got a lot of people that can impart such 
great messages and such great love into the people that's, that's over there. You see, many times we just sit and we don't actually go out. We don't get out to actually go and exercise. This morning when I, when I started my car and I drove down the road, there was this warning sign that came up. And I got such a fright because I thought, ooh, my car's going to seize now. And so I went to the station and they said, no, you really need this type of fluid and you shouldn't drive like this. And I got it, got it filled up and the car's at least driving. But many times we forget what that basic is. And that basic is to come to the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit can refresh us so that we can be filled. Because we can be filled every day. We can, be, you know, we can have intimacy with the Holy Spirit every single day. It doesn't only need to be here when we come together on a Sunday or on a Wednesday. We can be baptized with the Holy Spirit every single day and refreshed so that we can feel, Yo, I've exercised, I'm um, And I want to encourage each one of us to, to spend time with the Holy Spirit. Spend time with God so that He can affirm what is your real identity. You are His beloved. Don't you want to stand with me? Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.